0: I've needed to rant for a good few days, so I'm actually really looking forward to this podcast. So, prepare your anuses for a good one. So, since I've been in lockdown in London, I've been doing a lot of morally reprehensible things. I don't mean like I've I haven't been smoking. I'm not like doing hard drugs or anything. But I wouldn't be usually the one to, you know, start online wars with people or like online fights or open my message requests where it's people objectively just trying to argue with me and not actually looking for like a solution to anything. Uh, So I answered this message off this girl Now, let me set the scene for you I had shared a meme Let me reiterate, a meme Of, it was like uh, Karl Marx writing The Capital 300 years ago Versus me reading it now And this girl with like really big tits And a pink bodycon dress, right? Clearly a joke, very funny, ha ha the girl commented being like You're you're sharing dangerous ideals And I messaged just going Girl, what are you talking about? And uh, she just went on to be like Read a fucking book. Uh, you don't know what you're talking about. Stop talking about communism when capitalism is the only way forward. Look at places like Cuba and Venezuela. And I was like, okay, I have just finished reading How the World Works by Noam Chomsky. I know actually how to stand my ground in this argument. So for some reason, I was just entertaining it, and she wasn't actually obviously reading anything I was saying. She just goes, "Girl, you know I'm in the right." And then I scroll back into our previous messages. No. She doesn't follow me. I'd say she's under the age of 18. I'm just making a guess here. Uh, but the previous messages were during, during uh, the George, K. you know, the black guy who was shot in Dublin. And everyone was like making up this narrative that he was a crazy criminal and he deserved it, right? She was a person who was replying to my stories when I was sharing information about that. She was like, he was a thug, he deserved it, blah, blah, blah. And then so I addressed the earlier comments in the messages and I was like, I can, it's clear to see that you lack empathy and compassion from your previous messages. Uh, you're a bit, bit, race, bit on the racist side there, kid. And she was like, oh, such a classic left wing argument. She just threw in the racism card. And I was like, what? Anyway, I didn't know that was like a classic leftist thing to like care about people's lives, but okay. Um fuck. I'm proud to be leftist, So Anyway, so uh I was like, girl, read your earlier messages. You were so quick to believe the criminal narrative with the with a person of color. Like maybe you should reevaluate your Ideals maybe I don't know I don't know girl Uh. Anyway I just ended up blocking her The last message I sent her Was just You're so annoying And I blocked her Because she wasn't actually Listening to anything I was saying Um. She just wanted to I, I, Like I gave it to her I gave her some attention I gave her an argument uh, It was just the point I didn't actually You know there was No one was gaining From it at all I wasn't going to change her I, Her mind She wasn't going to really Change mine She didn't really have any facts Backing up her uh, evidence I feel like she was just repeat Regurgitating stuff That her dad her some her landlord dad had been saying to her anyway um so uh, how the world works by Noam chomsky it's basically a transcript of all of his interviews so it's a little bit inaccessible i wouldn't i wouldn't be a huge advocate for the book because it is kind of hard to read and i've had to read it twice to actually absorb the information in it and it's kind of because there's no like footnotes or it doesn't go deep delve into any information or the history behind any of the points made it's just kind of assumed that you know all of these moments in history and kind of um but I obviously only know the sugar-coated version of American history rather than the actual stuff that goes on but anyway what Noam Chomsky does he challenges uh, right-wing ideologies and imperialism so the gist of it basically is how America obviously lobbied by large corporations and then Because of that they want to control Gain control over underdeveloped countries So they continue maximizing profits By keeping their wages low right And that's like the common right wing argument uh, Against socialism and communism It's like well look at all these countries They're you know they're in a civil war And all these things it's so dangerous to live there And it's like yeah read a Noam Chomsky book It's dangerous to live there because Because of The pervasiveness of capitalism Imposing on these other countries so the reason they want to base look make socialist and communist countries look shit or like look like a bad place to live in is because of the imposition of fascism on those countries from the US. So bringing in US military forces and economic forces to make it look shit and start these civil wars there to make it look like, or, or to paint capitalism in a positive light, I suppose. And then also the media is controlled by the government, so they're complicit in this and yeah basically using subtle propaganda to make it look bad and like there, there's facts behind that like you don't actually really need to read an om chomsky book like even me saying this isn't going to be a big surprise to people we kind of know that these things are going on but everyone's just like well that's just the way the world is i have to accept it so in how the world works anyway they he use he explains loads of different examples of how america routinely undermines States with legitimate democracy Uh, So states that aren't lobbied by big corporations And don't focus on capitalism as much And when they start to emulate Kind of socialist ideals It makes It gives people the idea of Maybe we do deserve civil rights And maybe we do deserve a fair wage So as soon as that starts happening And they start freely thinking for themselves That's when America imposes on them And uses imperialism to gain back control So yeah, America Shit show Pretty bad shit and yeah so what I'm saying is the US and even Irish system doesn't really or Irish political system doesn't really serve the people at all because it's the same in Ireland it's usually lobbied by big corporations like the gas industry and oil industry I know that from being in Extinction Rebellion a lot of the government is lobbied by gas companies like fossil fuel companies which is which is fucking class anyway and I always thought as propaganda as like a real dramatic term to use because the way I picture it is when I first learned it when I was in secondary school in history from uh, examples in the in World War II when yeah the only example I remember is like posters around Germany saying you know vote for Adolf Hitler he's a sexy bastard and that's more overt propaganda but now I kind of understand after reading that book about more subtle types of propaganda and it's kind of like driving me insane I don't know what stuff is like Because if you look at the world in, I'm trying not to overthink things so much in lockdown, but if you look at the world as a whole and like the people who have positions of power, you try and the people who like this girl who I was arguing with on Instagram, who was never going, her mind was never going to be changed no matter what I said. You kind of think to yourself Like what is propaganda What is it Am I in the right here Is she in the right here Like I don't know, actually know All I know is that My ideals derive from Compassion and empathy And more like a Egalitarian perspective Which I, I suppose To me I think is the right way To look at the world Or the right way To want people to be But then as well How she ended the th- thing Every time I tried to I'm not like a huge Communist fanatic by the way I'm not like going around cha- Challenging people constantly About their Fucking uh, political perspectives or anything I I barely know anything I actually don't know what I'm talking about at all But this is just, just from my own experience And like these are my own thoughts And my political beliefs That I'm putting out in the internet I'm not like forcing anyone to think this way But um The way she ended the argument was Oh Rich coming from you Who has an iPhone Who's texting me off an iPhone And Who's for communism Now This is a classic I don't think there's any weight Behind this argument Obviously she knows That there's no way For me to argue against this Because I live In a capitalist society And I've talked about this before It's the same thing If I ever try to speak out About um, Environmentalism Or Sustainable fashion Or anything like that There's always going to be An argument with Oh well you're Texting on an iPhone Which is just Not a realistic argument to have against or a realistic point to make against people who are trying their best on the internet obviously I live within a capitalist society this is not really any way of for me out out of it uh it's just unless I sell everything I own and live in a tent somewhere but it also made me think about you know like the whole echo chamber thing on the internet the way the algorithm is catered to you you're getting the information that you want to see and that you're interested in sorry I need to pause because I'm gonna burp yeah, anyway, so you know the way she's online arguing with an influencer like me, and I obviously am pro-socialism, but it is also a contradiction because I'm an influencer on the internet, um, which I'm aware of, but obviously there's nothing I can there's literally nothing I can do about it. I don't I don't care. Okay, uh, so is there influencers that she follows and admires that are like pro-capitalism and you know, real right wing, because I want to know who they are, like, I want to get out of the, I want to know how I can argue more for both sides, and kind of gather information from the other side, I'm trying to think of right wing influencers, let me think, like, I know Trisha Paytas voted for Trump, but she's literally just a, like, she's trolling, but I want to know if there's someone who genuinely just thinks like this, and is just, you know, pro-gun and stuff, who would, and is and is also young, is not like an old person. So if anyone knows, I'd love to, I'd love to follow some new people and kind of get out of the whole because maybe I'm like I'm getting influenced by propaganda. We don't know. I mean we're fucking living in a simulation, nothing really matters anyway. Uh yeah. Always end with a bit of nihilism at the end to make it sound less scary. That's my coping mechanism. So what else did I want to fucking talk about? Yeah. So, uh, okay, I'm actually, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. I shouldn't be talking about political beliefs. I'm opening myself up to be annihilated on the internet now. I'd say, no, sure, I doubt any, like, real right-wing people listen to me. I remember during the general election, I had one follower who uh, genuinely liked me as a person, but was a huge Finnegaler, like, real big Finnegaler. So I found that a surprise, but also interesting. Uh, Yeah. I don't discriminate against people for their political beliefs but I just would choose not to be in close contact with them. I just wouldn't be, you know, people who are pro-military and stuff, I just find that terrifying. I just don't understand it. Why would you, anyway, I'm done talking about it. Uh, Yeah, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was astrology. Now, because in my last podcast, the one that I uploaded last week, I made a point and I said, now no one argued with this or like, but I'm just very self-critical and listening back to it I made a point saying not to be that girl but oh my god I'm such a Libra now the way I phrased that was very misogynistic internalised misogyny came out in that sentence and I don't know if anyone else noticed it or if other people but I know that a lot of people in my life also think like this and because I was talking to my friend Ruth then on FaceTime again and she said to me in a, converse, in a natural conversation we were having each other, she was like, not to be that person, but I'm such a blah, 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 her star sign. You know, and that is really, it's it is like perpetuated by this idea that anything that is associated with women, any hobby, any sort of thing that's seen as girly is automatically bad or not intellectual or not backed up by evidence. And yeah, so I'm really trying to not think like that. And then if any men have an interest in these things that are seen as like girly or soft or sensitive or anything that just benefits the world in a positive way for yeah anyway if a guy is interested in all of a sudden it's like oh he's so sensitive he's so oh my god king you know king emoji uh so I've been yeah I've been trying to not think like that because you know astrology is backed up by scientific evidence it is actually backed up by physics and I know a lot of this because I'm trying to look into it more but for some reason I just saw astrology as just like an airy fairy thing or maybe looking at it as a more of a broader the broader term of spirituality which is so spirituality is wishy-washy now I obviously am a crystal fanatic I love crystals and all that shit but that's probably just because I'm influenced by my consumerism um but I do love meditation and all that other good shit. I'm going to go into more about the kind of spirituality things that I choose to believe in and choose not to. But it is kind of, uh, you know, there is the whole idea of like being culture vultures with spirituality and just like picking stuff out of uh, Buddhism and Hinduism. And the book I'm reading at the moment, I was talking about it last week. uh, What's it called again? The Age of Observity by Michael Foley. He talks a lot about Buddhism. But anyway, yeah, a lot of spirituality stuff is just taken from buddhism and then just used in the wrong way which i will go into further uh yeah it's basically spirituality has been cultural appropriation culturally appropriating buddhism but buddhism but before that i am going to now this is from a meme page so there's not actually it's not actually that a uh, uh evidential it's not that factual but I'm trusting the person that they've studied a lot into astrology because personally I don't know a whole lot about astrology I've done a few courses before when I was a really young preteen when my mom got into spirituality and stuff and astrology and all that good shit but uh, I followed this page recently which is kind of kicked out that internalized misogyny feeling or I'm trying to kick out the term out of my vocabulary not to be that person but not to be that girl blah blah blah, which is just totally offensive to my own gender so anyway these are a few things that I saw that made me believe in astrology even though it's not really I don't even think astrology should be subjective it's literally backed up my numerology and physics so anyway uh here's a few things that I found So here's the first one and it's called How To Spot A Libra. Number one we have, please apologise before my therapist knows your name. True. Next we have, gets flustered easily. They zone out a lot but are great listeners. Usually symmetrical but unique face. Confused with life. True. Great style even when they're not putting effort. True. Next one, nervous mess and avoids their problems. So obviously a lot of those things can be seen as generic but then I tried to look through all the other star signs and most of the stuff just didn't relate to me at all. All of that because I'm a moon Libra and a rising Libra I think like I am the stereotypical Libra. See look I said it properly without making it an insult. And then the next one we have is if you are a Libra you probably like self-care, pretty words and poetry. How many times have I said I love words? I always say that and I do like poetry. Next one is feeling at peace relating to fictional characters. I literally said that in the last podcast. Uh, Next one is getting to know someone. I love people. Next one is all in any genre of music. And the next one is soft and neutral colours. I don't really agree with that one because I like more bright colours. But yeah, that's the only one I didn't really vibe with. But that one, pretty accurate. And then this one I found offensive because these are all the things that I'm insecure about. But it did hit home a lot for me and was very relatable. So on one side of the meme, we have unevolved Libra. So it says, ignoring the problems 24 seven. And then it says, smiling through pain. Next one is, I'm tired of working on myself. I will now be unapologetically insane. I also said that in the last podcast. And then it says, vain and superficial, fake, refuses to change. Uh, It also says, I'm unstable and just a hot mess, honestly. Yeah, because that is... Me, If I am not... Haven't isn't a word. If I'm not trying, if I've given up on myself, basically that's how I f- I'm feeling. And the next one is Evolved Libra. Strong and stands up for themselves when needed. Uh, next is, I'm a high-key softie, but I will fight if I have to. Yes. Thanks for always putting up with my dramatic ass. I love you. I say that regularly on my close friend story. Next one we have Self-Aware. Now, I I don't think any human is that self-aware, but I do think that I would be more on the self-aware side than the delusional side i would like to think next we have appreciates others and a lovable weirdo well i'm an ultimate wild oh sorry nearly got sick uh i'm an ultimate wild card uh yeah so there are all the things that i saw that would make me make me more involved in astrology and not kind of think it's real wishy-washy and like a stupid girly hobby Is how most of the world sees it at the moment And I'm trying to train myself to not see it that way Because I do actually believe in it And I... Stop saying believe in it It's not subjective I do actually want to study it more And take it into account a lot in in my life It just helps you understand yourself And at the end of the day It is completely harmless Like it is literally just... Like first of all it's fun Second of all It's trying, trying to explain yourself more And it encourages you to Understand yourself a little bit more So you can help others and look at your flaws look at your positives and it's influencing the world in a positive way so i don't understand why we have you know there's such a stigma around it or it's so ridiculed anyway yeah uh oh actually the instagram page that i'm reading this from is called astrology it's spelled H O L O G Y. oh and another one is libra and clinging to a certain mindset or belief for a sense of identity or purpose also very me Uh, What's another one? Oh Oh, yeah, this one. Uh, Libra. So it says, romantic scenarios with unavailable people. Yes. Uh, I seem to only like people who are in relationships or aren't interested in me. Next one is, dark and upsetting thoughts. Yeah. The need to put things off for later. Yeah. Random things someone once said without thinking you'll remember them. What? I don't know what that one is. Too many questions that keep you up at night. Yeah. Pretty yeah pretty straightforward and then oh yeah this one uh no actually one said yeah no someone was like oh libra a big lana del rey fan but i don't i'm not a big fan so i wouldn't agree with that one but anyway so the problem with law of attraction now i know a lot of people aren't going to like this this is my own personal opinion you don't have to take it as the gospel according to keelan and I do, and also I'd like to say that I do practice law of attraction. I do scripting every morning. I do think that the positive energy you put out into the world will bring you good things in return. But see, the issue with it is, now the way I focus on it when I first started practicing law of attraction or manifestation and all that stuff, I would only focus on material things. So money, houses, clothes, um, yeah basically that's all that shit but then the more I look into it and especially when I was like looking more into witchcraft if you go for these material things you open yourself up basically to the dark arts and you're opening yourself up for bad things to happen to you because it's kind of out of greediness and an insatiable desire to be seen as respectable just in terms of your external factors which is just perpetuated by capitalism and not really a positive way to see the world and now that I've kind of received everything that I've wanted from, if I'm looking back at myself a year ago and reading my journal from a year ago, I wasn't really focusing on my own mental well-being or the relationships around me. I was more focusing on have to be successful in my career. I have to look like I have my shit together. I have to dress great every day. I have to fucking look like I know what I'm doing basically and have all of these material things so that my life will be better and then I'll feel better about myself that's just not the case so yeah now that I've received everything I've wanted so I have all those things that I was wishing for last year I could potentially now the way I'm looking forward if I didn't learn all these negative aspects of law of attraction I could potentially spiral into a greedy or insatiable tyrant where no amount of gratification is ever sufficient so I would just constantly you know needing more money wanting more money a bigger house all these which I don't see a problem with but if if that's the only thing that you're focusing on you're setting yourself up for disaster and to think uh, it's naive and just delusional to think that all those things will bring you happiness because obviously they won't and like I talked about in the last podcast as well happiness is not a controllable emotion you can't There's no formula to reach happiness but there is kind of a formula to reach satisfaction, peace or subjective well-being and all of those things will not derive from anything material in your life. It's all to do with internal factors, maybe the people in your life but the way that you handle your emotions and the way that you handle your relationships with others and wishing positive things among other people and a lot of the times when I was practicing law of attraction or wanting to manifest all these Material things like money and clothes, or whatever. Um, I find myself comparing myself a lot to other people. You know, comparison is the thief of joy and all that shit. Even though I was, I was, you know, using positive thoughts and trying to fight all those things out of my head, but it wasn't to do with my own. I wasn't fighting the envy out of my mind for my own mental well-being. I was fighting it because. I was scared that the universe is going to put bad things in my life or not give me all the money I wanted, which is just such a toxic way to look at the world. And I was basically just punishing myself not to benefit my uh, mental well-being or to reach satisfaction, peace, or any of these, or contentment even. I just wanted all these material things just so that other people would see me as like... I wanted to prove a point or... I wanted it for some sort of revenge. I don't know. I Like, when you first start doing it, you don't think that you have these ulterior motives when you're manifesting these things. But if you really ask yourself, if you just keep asking yourself, why do I actually want this? And then when you get to the point where you actually do have those things, you realise, I just wanted to do this to make a point, not even for myself, because you realise none of those things actually bring you happiness at all. And I am disappointed in myself for only realising this now, but I suppose... It's better than learning it longer down the line. Uh, so at the moment when I'm scripting or practicing uh, manifestation, I can address my negative emotions or if I am feeling like I'm just being superficial or vain because it is really hard as an influencer or someone on the internet to not get caught up in like my image and how other people see me and making you know, contrived friendships so it looks like my life's perfect or painting my relationship in a way so that other people envy me and so that people from my secondary school be like oh maybe she did turn out okay because I was voted uh I remember <laughs> at my graduation I was voted as person to have uh, what was it person to have the least money or to go broke or was a person to be homeless anyway it was something really offensive but I was uh, voted as that person so I suppose that just was deeply ingrained in my mind that I needed to show off how much money I made and I talked about this in an interview about doing OnlyFans as well about how it had such detrimental effects on my family relationships and my own mental health that I felt this urgency to show off how much money I was making I wasn't really necessarily doing it to well, I did make that YouTube video being like, oh, this is how much I made in a week. But even after that, I just felt like I had to make a point and showing, like putting it on my Finsta, how much money I was making and what I was spending and all and all the stupid shit. And I do completely regret that. But also because I was obviously dealing with a lot of internalized shame, which I'm going to go into further um, in the podcast as well. But I found that I was be I was punishing my my past self as well, even presently, You you know, looking back at myself uh, I find myself doing it a lot You know if you're making like a birthday video for someone And you have to go through your archives I would just get secondhand cringe From looking at myself uh, My past self Which is just sending It's sending a message to your past self Being like yeah you should feel shit about yourself Even I'm ashamed of you and I'm supposed to be the person who loves you the most. I'm the only person who lives within your head and knows what you're actually feeling and actually thinking. I'm just being completely hard on my past self, which I should stop doing. So the way I'm seeing my past self with the way um, I was a bit materialistic and superficial, the way I'm looking at it now is just to go easy on myself. I hadn't learned all the things that I've learned now. And even, I'm literally still learning and I'm still trying to be a better person and not to be a superficial and fucking image-based. But anyway internalized shame so I've been looking into internalized shame a lot because I know in the last podcast I was like I'm sick of healing myself but I actually just can't help it I just think personal growth is like the most valuable experience you can have in your life so I'm like as as much as I'm trying not to fucking be hard on myself I just am addicted to all these self development things anyway so internalized shame so the signs that you've been dealing with it are if you are really indecisive and basically that means that you don't trust yourself to make a decision so if, you're, uh, if you find yourself asking a lot of people's other people's opinions even if you don't trust their opinion either or if you wouldn't switch positions with them I let myself a lot uh, just be like lectured by my friends and even if I'm not taking their advice I just allow them to do it sometimes I can be right but a lot of times even though within myself I know what the correct answer is I just don't trust myself to make that decision so I just let my friends lecture me on these things which then makes me spiral into like a self-loathing sort of thing which is another uh a sign of internalized shame if you have issues with anger and usually you're if you're not taking it out on other people it just is it comes out as self-loathing so if you find yourself again being mean to your past self If you're looking back at... I mean, even looking at yourself from, like, three months ago... And you're like, that girl's a fucking idiot... You're just be Like, you would never... I would never think that way about one of my friends... Or... Imagine doing that to my sisters... It's fucking horrible... So I shouldn't talk about myself in that way either... Um... And then another sign of internalized shame is even though you don't seem like you have a low self-esteem I would see myself as a very confident person And I know a lot of people who watch my videos or listen Like I have a fucking YouTube channel Like obviously I don't have issues with confidence But I do find myself being really self-critical in terms of like prote- Potential romantic partners And thinking I'm not lovable Because I would be very turned off uh, from people who treat me nice And From the last relationship I was in, I just was kind of, um, well, no, I don't want to talk shit about him, but um, yeah, I find myself now with seeing people, if anyone was ever to show me a sign that they really liked me or was making an effort in any sort of way, it would turn me off. And I was really aware of it that I was like, oh, and I thought it was because I liked the chase I'm doing quotation marks I don't believe in the chase or whatever the fuck that is But I do believe in like I know like coming off too strong Is like a, 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 f- a factor in attractiveness or whatever But it wasn't exactly coming off too strong It literally was just the, the I was getting the bare minimum Someone was being nice to me And I was turned off it uh, And that's obviously why I am single at the moment Because I literally don't believe that I deserve it and I'm just like turned off the person and then all of a sudden I can't respect them because my subconscious mind is saying oh well you don't like why the fuck are they treating you this way they are they either a have an ulterior motive because I have a complex that like people are trying to use me for some reason and then b is like they must have some sort of um mental issues if they're able to treat me nice because I don't deserve this so that is like as negative or fucking that might be surprising for some people to listen to but it's only something I've realized in like the past few weeks and that's why I literally can't uh, stay talking to someone for past three months because when they start to catch feelings for me or start treating me nice I completely get turned off Uh, and then the last thing, which is like the most obvious thing for me with internalized shame is scared to do the wrong thing. So you don't know what you actually like and then you end up taking personality traits from others. Um. So yeah, like I talked about in the last podcast, I take a lot of like personality traits from people that I am romantically interested in. Now, how I, like I said earlier, I would only be interested in people who in relate or in relationships or aren't interested in me because I know that's a safe option and I know there's no chances of them uh ever being interested in me so I don't get turned off them so it's just a nice fantasy in my head to keep myself busy or yeah and then the last sorry that wasn't the last thing that is a sign of um internalized shame the last thing is if you ever felt like you're a weird kid and that you don't feel like you're a real adult now Because Ellie always says this to me She's like I'm so jealous of you Because you just are You're you're literally adulting You know you're living on your own And doing all these things But I don't feel like that I still feel like a child Or that I don't know what I'm doing And then as well I talked about this in my bisexuality video I always kind of felt like the weird kid Especially with You know what like your uh, extended family members If you're staying over in your cousin's house And you feel like your aunties and uncles Just think that you're an absolute delinquent And that you're going to Spoil their children I just literally felt like that For my whole childhood And I still kind of Do feel like that now Even if it was like Meeting them for dinner Or something I would just think oh, I'm the dirty one I don't know what I'm doing Even uh, I think that also Drived my Need for all these external factors like living in London on my own and get making loads of money and being successful and having followers and all that shit even though realistically that means absolutely nothing as long as you're a nice person like no one cares if you have loads of money and loads of followers which is another thing that I learned from London you can really get wound up in like who someone is or what sorry what someone is rather than who they are as a person um but yeah if you are wondering what internalized shame drives some from, from or stems from it usually is how your parents talk to you as a child i have blocked out a lot of my childhood so i don't really remember a lot of it uh so i know i will have to work on my inner child or fucking you know see it th- <laughs> see a fucking therapist but i haven't found any in london at the moment and because we're in lockdown i don't think it's the right time to look into one but what going to i know it can be so hard and it's such a unrealistic suggestion to give to people it's so annoying and then you get given out to for talking about psychology issues because people are like you shouldn't be talking about these things when you're not a therapist certified therapist or whatever but um i'm sure there's other like way more uh, educated pieces of information on this but this is just what i've what i've learned and i'm just putting in an accessible language for the people that listen to me um but yeah if you can go to a therapist do and if you think that you suffer from this like see if they know what what it is and if they can talk about it it's great but if they don't you're going to have to find another therapist because I found that as well from Dublin when I was trying to find a therapist the most draining part of going to therapy is trying to find the right therapist because sometimes And I hate admitting this or like, I don't know if I'm a brat or something, but a lot of them have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. I got barred from seeing a therapist before because he said that, well, first of all, he was homophobic and I was explaining my friendship group to him. And he said that all my gay friends were influencing my drug addiction. And I know I like, I literally talk about, I I think you should openly talk about doing drugs. I talk about drugs with my parents so that they know what I'm doing and they're aware of it. And I can get warned from my friends if I'm taking it too far or whatever. I don't think that it should be something hidden. And if you're hiding something, like, there's an issue with that already. Um, but, yeah. So, I th- I was told that I was a drug addict. And then he was like, you can't see me in your next session, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So, and then I went to another uh therapist that was like deeply religious so it's just in ireland it's a bit fucked like there isn't a lot of options i don't think but i have i found then a really good one eventually but then my sister started going to her so i thought it was a bit inappropriate if we were both going to the same therapist uh anyway and it's also so fucking expensive and as a lot of the times if you're you know a young person it's not really it's not really seen as a priority uh if you're you have to pay to live and pay for rent so uh yeah do the best that you can with the internet and stuff like we're pretty lucky that we can look up all these things in the internet but if you do have the option of therapy do please go to a therapist obviously uh yeah so i fucking have to find one eventually in London, in it and then we'll see i might figure out all my issues and i'll be a better person for it and maybe be able to actually you know Hold down a honey Be able to have regular sex Without feeling like Oh if this person Catches feelings I'm going to be grossed out by it Because it's really Getting on my nerves To be honest But anyways I think that will be The end of the podcast My throat actually hurts From talking I hope this is long enough I always think it always feels like I've been talking for hours and then I download it and it's like 25 minutes so sorry if it's not long and I'll try my best next time to make it a bit longer I just I just find it hard to talk to the wall and feel like I ramble a lot because this is what my train of thought works like and I don't know if it's noticeable and I, I never say this I should probably make it a disclaimer at the start of my podcast because it's, it could be really uncomfortable for people to listen to uh, but I got given out to you the last time I said it on the internet because <laughs> I was uh, glamorising ADHD. But uh, yeah, I have been diagnosed with ADHD. So that's why it's really hard for me to hold a coherent sentence. I feel like I just jump from one subject to the next. I literally have to write down notes before I start talking so that I actually go in a straight line instead of like all over the place. But I'm going to end the podcast with a poem. So I ha- I'm reading this from the book A Poet's Dublin by E. Van Boland. Yeah is that how you say her name? She died during the first lockdown I sobbed like a bit But um, yeah this one is called Heroic Sex and history and skin and bone And the oppression of Sunday afternoon Bells called the faithful to devotion I was still at school and on my own And walked and walked and sheltered from the rain The patriot was made of drenched stone His lips were still speaking The gun he held had just killed someone I looked up and looked at him again. He stared past me without recognition. I moved my lips and wondered how the rain would taste if my tongue were made of stone. And wished it was. And whispered so that no one would could hear it but him. Make me a heroine. I really like that one. It's obviously about the your man who's in Stevens Green. And she wants to be a statue as well. She wants to make her mark on the world. Anyway, thanks for listening guys. And hope you're having a nice Wednesday. Yeah.